Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, you guys. What is up? Welcome back to another episode of My Thoughts Exactly. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so happy that you are here and I hope you are having a great week. We're finally getting a little bit of sunshine here in Nashville. We've had some really rainy weather over the past couple days, but it is so hot and humid outside. So yesterday and today, it's actually kind of been nice. It's been in like the 70s and in comparison to like the 90s and 95 that it's been the past week, but we're going to heat up again later in the week. So just gearing up for that. But yeah, it's such a nice, like feels like spring day out and it just really is a mood booster. I used to be someone, and I know people are like this, like they thrive in rain and cold weather or not cold weather, but like rain and clouds and darkness. And I used to be like that, but now when I'm like that, I can never get or now when it's like that outside, I can never get any work done. I'm so much more motivated when the sun is out and when there's nice weather. I feel like a lot of people are like that, but I was also just watching my friend Ashley's vlog and she was talking about how she thrives in the rain and when it's like dark and cloudy outside. And I love that weather, but that needs to come on a day where I don't have anything to do because then I can just sit on the couch and watch TV all day. But other than that, I love when it is bright and sunny. So anyways, that was my little weather report of the week. I hope you guys are having a great week today. I are not a great week this week. Words are not, words are hard today, apparently. But today, as you can tell by the title of this episode, we are talking about something that is very near and dear to my heart, something that I am very familiar with, and something that I know a lot of you are as well. And I feel like this is something where, unless you are one, it's hard to have a conversation about. And as you can tell by the title of the episode, we are talking about overthinkers. And I, you know, like, hi, my name is Savannah and I am a chronic overthinker, like chronic, insane. Every overthinker that I've ever met, I think I've told you guys this before, every overthinker that I've ever met has always told me, I always thought that I was the biggest overthinker until I met you. I don't know if that's supposed to be a compliment or not. It's clearly not. But as you can tell, or as that mentions, I am someone who really overthinks and it can be debilitating. It can be something that consumes you. It can be something that feels just, again, like it is taken over you. And 
I feel like it's hard to have a conversation with overthinkers or it's hard to have a conversation about overthinking with people who are not overthinkers. I know I have this one specific friend who she's one of my best friends, but she is not an overthinker. She doesn't get anxiety. I'm like, what is that life like? Like, I do not understand how you don't get anxiety, how you don't overthink. She's very much like a you know, trusting whatever happens, happens and she can't control it. And it's like everything that like we're always as overthinkers, like told to think like that is literally her. She embodies all of that. And it was so hard, like lover to death, but like having conversations about overthinking was always so difficult. Or when I was overthinking, she like really wouldn't understand it. She'd be like, what are you saying? And like, why are you deep diving into this so much? But for me personally, I have been an overthinker forever for as long as I can remember really and the main root of why I overthink which I think it's different for everyone but for me I am an overthinker because I am a control freak we've done a confessions of a control freak episode now we're doing the confessions of an overthinker episode and so for me it all dwindles down to control and wanting to have as much control in my life as possible I like to play out every single situation every single scenario so that way I'm never blindsided I'm never unsure about what could possibly happen I've thought through 27 different scenarios about how a five-minute interaction is going to go so there's it's probably going to be one of those you know so I have always always been an overthinker and I got to a point about two years ago I want to say where I really had to like look myself in the mirror and be like what is going on like it was consuming my life and I feel like that sounds like kind of dramatic but at the time like it truly was I felt like I, you know, my brain was constantly running at a million miles a minute and I felt like I couldn't even catch up with it sometimes. I felt myself overthinking, like even when I didn't want to, like even when I wasn't trying to, I was constantly running through scenarios. I was constantly like going over things over and over and over again in my head, dissecting everything, over analyzing everything because I so deeply craved control. And I had to learn that and kind of train myself that. I don't need to be in control of everything. It's not my job to be in control of everything. In fact, it makes my life and my job a lot harder when I do feel like I have to control everything and everyone. Because for me, the overthinking scenarios, I think everyone overthinks in different ways. For me, I'm much more of like a socially driven overthinker. So I overthink social situations, whether that be friends. When I was like actively dating, I was a, that was like when it was at its worst. That really was hard or like any just like regular social interaction with anyone. I still to this day catch myself doing it. Just the little minute details or the little thing that I said, or did I say it right? Or was, how was my tone? Or are they going to take it wrong? Like I was constantly asking and playing scenarios in my head over and over again and driving myself crazy in the process because I wasn't just allowing myself to trust my gut. I think I was trying to find a like a good way to say that, but I think it was just trusting my gut. I never was able to just be like, 
okay. Like I will be okay no matter what the outcome is. You know, just because I said something this way, I doubt they're at home, you know, overanalyzing every little thing that I said. You know, they're probably overanalyzing all the things that they said, but in my mind, I couldn't, you know, see that clearly. And so for me, again, everything was very socially driven and that led a lot into like my social anxiety because I would rather sit there and just kind of like be quiet and like not say anything rather than risk the or rather than yeah risk the potential of me saying something and then overthinking about it later and so I was always and still to this day I'm just kind of an observer I sit back and watch I just kind of let things unfold but going back to the control aspect of it it was really important for me to realize that I don't need to be in control of everything as much as I would like to as much as I want to not only do I not need to be in control of everything it is impossible for me to be in control of everything. That's not how life works. I can only control myself, my reactions, the things that I say, the things that I do. Those are the things that I can control. I can control how I respond to certain situations. I can control how I go about my life, you know, who I choose to interact with, who I choose to continue to have relationships with, but I can't control how other people feel. I can't control what other people are going to say. And I lost myself so much throughout this process of just being a constant overthinker because I was just trying to think or put myself in a position of what do they want, you know? Like I was always like, okay, whether that be friendships or relationships, I was always like, what did they want me to say? If I was them, how would I want that? Like, how do they want me to react in this situation? And so I lost a lot of myself because I was going so overboard with my thought process of this. I was just completely spiraling and it really was debilitating. I look back on pictures and I can physically see it. Like I was, you know, constantly in this state of anxiousness and unsettledness. And I think it all ties in together. I think my overthinking ties into my anxiety, which ties in to all of the other laundry list of things that we don't need to get into today. But, you know, the overthinking and the anxiety go hand in hand. And I can physically see it when I look at pictures of myself, like how much of a shell of a person I was because I was just constantly overthinking about how everyone else viewed me. And I wasn't really thinking about how I was serving myself. And this was something that like, I had a conversation with a friend actually just last night about, we were saying that, you know, it's almost embarrassing to be such an overthinker. And it's, you know, it's hard to admit that we care so much. You know, we care so much about the public perception and public opinion um, of ourselves because the fact of the matter is, is that we don't have enough of a solid ground and respect and appreciation for who we are. And we're always looking for that validation because I know I can speak for myself, like in this, you know, past year and a half of really truly finding myself I find myself overthinking way less now and I think a lot of that can be attributed to the fact that I am very secured with who I am 
I know who I am. I know that I'm a good person. I know that I have a good heart. I know that I'm a caring person, not to like hype myself up, but like, you know, I know at the core of my being that I am a good person and I don't need the validation from other people that I was searching for so desperately. And it's sad when I look back and I see the lengths that I would go to when overthinking and when thinking about, you know, how are they thinking of me? You know, what can I say to manipulate and control the situation. That was something that I was huge on. I would always take, like, sit back and take a second and be like, all right, how can I construct a response or construct a question to where I, you know, so that I know what their response is going to be. So I can, you know, fully take control of the situation. That was something that I was constantly doing. I was just constantly looking for a sense of control because I felt so out of control in my life. And I felt like I needed to be able to control the situation so desperately. And the fact of the matter is, is that I felt that way because it just wasn't right. It wasn't a fit. I can now say through growing through different experiences and different social interactions with friends and, you know, dating and all of that, it wasn't right. I shouldn't have had to overthink that much. I shouldn't have had to go to the lengths that I did because at the end of the day, with the people that it's supposed to work with, it's not going to be that difficult. And I couldn't see that at the time. I was trying to fit a circle into a square when it came to a lot of different situations in my life. And I kept trying to manipulate this circle to fit into the square and it just wasn't budging. And I finally had to take a look at myself and ask myself, what am I looking for here? Like what what is the point of all of this overthinking? Why am I trying to control every situation? And it was because I wasn't happy. It was because I was just desperately trying to grasp at strings and straws to try and put the puzzle pieces together. It just wasn't working. And I think that it took a long time for me to finally accept that, to be like, okay, I'm trying to control everything because I feel so out of control in my own life and I feel so unsettled and unhappy and insecure within myself because I'm, you know, playing all these scenarios over in my head with, oh, you know, are they going to text me back because, you know, what if they don't like me because I said this or what if they don't like this about me or what if they don't like what I was wearing or what if they, you know, don't like this about my personality or, or I said this, should I have not have said that? I will go through every single scenario, every single one. And I would sit there with my friends and dissect all of these situations and they would sit there and especially this friend who didn't have or doesn't have anxiety and doesn't overthink. And that was something that was really, it was hard because I felt like there wasn't a general understanding of why I was doing what I was doing because everyone else that I've ever known is an overthinker. And so it was interesting to see someone who isn't, who was very much like, okay, so then what? You know, I would play out all these scenarios for her and she'd be like, okay, but then what? And then what happens if that happens? You know, if the worst thing that happens happens, then what? And I started asking myself that over and over again. I was like, all right, and then what? You know, and it really started to change my perspective because, you know, I ran on so much adrenaline from my anxiety and trained myself to think that if I didn't have control of situations and if I didn't overthink and overanalyze every possible scenario, that the world was going to end or that the situation was going to erupt and it wasn't going to go how I wanted it to go and it would have just gone down the drain. And she would ask me like, okay, so then what? And I would sit there and be like, 
okay, well then I guess I just move on. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's where we're at. And I started having to train my brain to start thinking like that. And I still think about it to this day. It's like, okay, you know, with friends, if I feel like I have a friendship connection with someone and I start overthinking and I am like, oh, I, you know, I said the wrong thing. Okay. I said the wrong thing. Like, for example, I went on a bubble BFF date last night and it was great. But let's say in a different world, it wasn't great. Or let's say I said something and was like completely overthinking it today. I would remind what the process that I would run myself through is, okay, let's say I said something that just, you know, was, you know, was either out of pocket or let's say I said something that she didn't like, you know, obviously within a respectful boundary and whatever. But if I said something and she didn't like it or she, I didn't even have to say something. What if she just didn't feel the vibe? Then what? We overstimulate ourselves so much when our brain is working overtime and it's constant and we can't stop thinking about it. And once we've started, it's like this snowball effect and it's a spiral. We overthink and we overstimulate ourselves and it honestly gets exhausting. It's tiring. I remember my friend asked me, this same one who doesn't have any problems, um, I remember her asking me, she's like, don't you ever get tired? Like, don't you ever get exhausted thinking like this? And I was like, yeah, but I physically don't think that I can help it. I really don't. But the fact of the matter was, is that I just wasn't implementing different strategies, different coping mechanisms to help me understand that I didn't have to think that way. And I think that I was just stuck in this mentality of believing that this is just, you know, how my brain works and this is how it's going to be forever. And it could be if I don't try and, you know, intervene and put a stop because the reality of the situation is me, you, anyone who, you know, has a brain like that, anyone who overthinks like that, we don't need, we don't deserve to live in a constant state of anxiety. We don't deserve to be living like that. That's exhausting. It's tiring. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to live like that. And I think I just convinced myself that there was really no other option because that's just how I was for so long. But then again, I started implementing these little practices of whenever I would catch myself overthinking, just, you know, taking a step back, taking a deep breath, and being like, so what? You know, asking myself the and then what question. You know, typically the things, you know, for me, because I'm a socially over the social overthinker, I'm not dealing with like life or death situations that I need to overthink. All of these things that I was overthinking were little minute details that at the end of the day don't really matter. And I would just get stuck in this just constant cycle of driving myself crazy. I couldn't, it was really affecting my life. It was affecting my life and how I interacted with, you know, my friends, my real true friends. It was affecting just my mental health. It was affecting my eating. It was affecting, you know, how good I was sleeping. I would wake up with a pit in my stomach. I remember that so clearly. I would wake up with anxiety. And this was especially during the time when I was, you know, dating. That was something that was like really prominent for me as I would wake up with a pit in my stomach before I checked my phone because I wouldn't know like, did he text me? Did he not? Like, and I would just wake up with this constant anxiety and that's no way to start your day. That's no way to live. And I realized after looking back that the reason I was so stuck like that is because I just did not have the security 
within myself. I didn't feel confident. I was placing my worth in the hands of other people. And so that was why I was constantly overthinking every situation because now looking back as someone who has a sense of self-worth, has a sense of, you know, security and who they are. I don't think like that anymore. There's very rare circumstances now where I overthink like I used to. I just, I don't. And I'm proud of that. And I think that one could say like, okay, now it's because like you have a boyfriend and whatever. But even when I was going through the initial dating stages with Hayden, like I really... I framed it a lot differently. I went about it a lot differently. There were times where I would catch myself overthinking, like really catch myself overthinking, but he always did a great job of just making sure that I was validated and that let me feel that my feelings were validated and that, you know, he heard me out and he always understood where I was coming from and he knew the type of person that I was. And so he always did an effort to, you know, keep my anxiety at a low and, you know, not be a contributor to that, which is not something I was used to before because in past relationships, I had never really opened up about it. I would say, you know, yeah, like I'm an overthinker or yeah, whatever, but no one ever really took the consideration of that when approaching a relationship with me. Not that they need to, but it would be, and I'm not even going to say that. No, if I am in, like going into a relationship with someone, I feel like that should be taken into consideration because if it were me and it was the other way around and my partner was telling me like, yeah, these are like my struggles and my anxieties, I would take that into consideration. I think that that's just a very basic human right thing to do. So I will, I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt by saying that they shouldn't have taken that into account because I do think that they should have. So now with that being said, I want to give you some of the tricks and tools that I used and still use when I feel like these overthinking spells are coming or when I felt like I was in the height of them. There were a couple different things that I would do. And the first one is I would go for a walk or I would go for a drive, like a windows down music blasting kind of drive. When I lived in San Diego, there was this one route that I would always take. If you've ever been to San Diego, there's a really cool mountain called Mount Soledad. And I would take the long way, like all the way. It was like the scenic route or whatever. It was nighttime. I couldn't see shit, but it didn't matter. I was just taking the scenic route and I would go and I would pass the water and I would drive up to the mountain and it was an overlook. Like I got out and I could see the whole city. And that was something that was really special to me and really important and something I really relied on. It sounds really minute and something very small, but it was something that really was helpful to me. Reason being is because I felt like when I was doing that, my problems, the things that I was overthinking about that I felt like were crippling me, they truthfully did. They felt like, and for people who don't really experience this level of overthinking or this level of anxiety that comes with it, like you probably just, that just sounds silly to you. And I understand it, but you know, for me, it was very, it was very crippling. And I remember going on this drive and still to this day, when I go on drives, this helps me. And the reason being is because I liked seeing other people. I liked seeing other people in their cars. I liked seeing other people on the street. I liked just taking in the fresh air because it showed me that there were other people out there living their life. And my world 
that felt like it was crashing down, it wasn't. It wasn't crashing down. I could still go for a drive. I could still see people out on the street. I could walk into a store if I wanted to, you know? It was like daily life is still moving. So even though in my mind, my mind is going crazy, I would try and really ground myself by, you know, looking at the bigger picture of things. So that why this that's why this overlook spot was really special to me because I would go out and I would just look at the city and be like, okay, there is so much more out there. There are so many things happening right now that I can't even comprehend that make my, you know, make my overthinking and make my anxiety. It's not as big of a deal as it needs to be. And that's not like in a self-deprecating way of like my problems aren't important. It was just more so in a way of like, take a deep breath because like life is still going, you know, you're still living, you're still breathing. You have all of the basic things that you need and you're so great. And you, um, not, you are so grateful, but well, yeah, no, you are so grateful and you are so lucky to be in the position that you're in that, you know, it's going to be okay. No matter what, it's going to be okay. And so something that I really encourage you to do if you ever find yourself in a situation similar to that is ground yourself, whether that's with a drive or whether that's with a walk, whatever it is, go out, get some fresh air, look at the people around you and realize that there are other people out there that are living lives that you have no idea about, that you don't know what's going on, but they're living. And that was really helpful to me. I don't I don't know necessarily why, but just being able to see other people living and just doing their day-to-day activity was really nice because it took me out of my bubble. And especially when I would like go get ice cream or something, like that's something that I would do. I would stop off on these drives and like go get ice cream or go get like a bottle of wine or whatever. And I would see the cashier and he or she didn't know like what was going on in my life. And so just having a conversation with someone that didn't know what was going on, that was just, you know, approaching me like an average, regular, everyday person, which I was. But to me, you know, everything was heightened in that moment. So to be able to like be centered down to earth again, I don't know. Does that sound absolutely insane? I feel like that's just something that really has helped me and something that I found a lot of comfort in. So that's what I've always like told my friends, like whenever they're like super overthinking or like a lot of anxiety, I always try to recommend like going for a walk or going for a drive just to like see other people and just kind of like get out of your own bubble, I think is really, really helpful. I also turned to music a lot. Um, For me, I've played the piano for forever. And so I've always you know, turn to that as an outlet of comfort and also just listening to different music, um, finding different songs where I feel like I can relate the situation to that. It makes me feel less alone. It makes me feel, you know, more comforted knowing that someone else has also gone through a similar feeling. And I would also write songs of my own. I have like an entire vault of songs that I just would play and write and then keeping my little notes app on my folder in my phone and no one ever had to see it but it was just very therapeutic at the time so finding something that feels like a creative outlet I think is also really helpful it doesn't have to be musical it can be just you know painting or uh pottery or knitting or anything I found that I always liked to do things where I would have to put my phone away 
and I would have to put it to the side. So anything that I can be occupied with where I'm not looking at my phone, I really enjoyed that. And with driving, I was, you know, my phone, I didn't, wasn't on my phone. That's why I liked it. My phone was there. I could see if I got a text. I could see if I got a call, but I wasn't, you know, constantly reaching for it because obviously I was driving. Same thing with like playing the piano. I'm not reaching for my phone, you know, going to my text or my Instagram or whatever. It's like everything is kind of put to the side. So finding outlets where I really felt like I was centering back with myself again was always really important because it gave me the bigger picture of everything to be like, okay, I'm okay. You know, it was just reminding myself constantly that I am okay. I'm good. No matter what, no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. And I'm lucky enough to be in a situation where I can say, you know, no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. And I might want a specific outcome. I might want things to go a specific way, but if it doesn't, it'll sting, but I'm going to be okay. And I think it's important, you know, I look back and I look at all of the times that I, you know, was spiraling from like overthinking and thinking that, things needed to go in one specific way, right? I was always like, you know, it needs to turn out this way, putting all my eggs in one basket and trying to, you know, control every situation. And I never thought it was that noticeable until someone actually called me out for it. And they were like, you can't control everything. And I was like, oh, okay, well, watch me. But no, seriously, I think that I... I just, I realize that I don't want to live like that. I don't want to live in a world where I feel like I have to be the puppeteer of everything because then that gets exhausting. I want to have a little surprise. You know, life would be more fun with some surprises. When people ask if I like surprises, I like surprises when I don't know about them, which obviously I know is like the point of surprises, but like sometimes people are like, I have a surprise for you. Like, I don't want to hear that. Don't tell me that. But like, if you just show up, with a surprise, like that's different. Or like, you're like, oh, we're going somewhere, but it's a surprise. Like that's kind of different. But anywho, what I was trying, well, my point in all of that was, is like, I always thought that I had to have one specific outcome. You know, I was put all my eggs in one basket saying that things had to go this way. And if it didn't, then like, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. And I've learned, you know, looking back, I'm like, everything always works out. It really does. And that's why I'm such a believer in like everything happens for a reason and, you know, trust the process and all of those things because I I just, I look at my life. I look at, you know, my friends' lives and all the times that we have just been like, you know, so anxious and so, you know, trapped in our own thoughts and feelings. It always does work out in the end. If I, you know, was so set in my ways for the people that I was, you know, overthinking about and anxious about, I wouldn't have the life that I had now if I like still was sitting there trying to make a square fit into a circle, you know, it just, I, I wouldn't have it. I wouldn't have my amazing dog. I wouldn't have my amazing boyfriend. I wouldn't be living in the house that I live in. I wouldn't be in Nashville. Like everything just happens for a reason. And I think sometimes when we're so caught up in this cycle of like overthinking and just, you know, tiredness and all of that, we don't, we don't see that. We just see like the right now and in this moment and oh my gosh, if this doesn't go right, like how was it, you know, we, we can't see the bigger picture, but I encourage you to like take yourself out of it for a second and think of like, okay, what if this doesn't work out? Then what? 
You see? You see when you ask yourself those questions, it like kind of puts things into perspective a little bit. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't for you. But I know for me, like that was something that was really, really helpful. And so, yeah, in terms of like little, you know, coping mechanisms, I always think that like going for a drive, going for a walk, you know, doing something that's like an outlet for you, whether that's, you know, doesn't even have to be artistic. Like some people are really into sports could never be me. But like if you're athletic, go off, like going to the gym. I think that's so therapeutic and great. Like I know so many people who that is like their sanctuary and like their temple. And like, that's where they go. And they just, you know, you release a lot of anxiety and I think that that's great. Or if you like play a specific sport or, you know, whatever it is, that's like, can get your mind distracted and onto something else I think is really really important and it can be anything it could be absolutely anything and so finding whatever that is for you and just kind of testing out different things I think is the way to go Okay, so right before we wrap this up, I did put out a poll on Instagram because I wanted to see how many of you would actually relate to this topic. So I asked you guys if you're an overthinker and 97% of you said yes, 3% of you said no. I would love to know who the no's are. Let me see. I'm not going to call you out, but I do want to see. Okay, there we go. And then I also asked you what you overthink about the most and I got a lot of responses and let's just run through these. Okay. I'm overthinking about if I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing at the right time in my life, overthinking about anything and everything, my relationships, others' intentions with having a relationship with me, the balance of evolving who I am as a person with also staying true to myself, if I'm behind in life or not, how I'm perceived by others, if I'm on the right track, whether I'm enough or not, if I'm doing the correct thing with my life. The future, a lot of things, a lot of you said the future. Um, I was overthinking about your question, if I'm an overthinker. <laughs> Life, accepting that maybe I'm meant to be alone. I'm in my feels. I'm overthinking because I self-sabotage relationships due to previous trauma and abuse. I try not to though. I'm overthinking about my future, my future. Okay, so lots of my life, lots of the future, lots of relationships. And I think what I would just want to tell you guys, like in a nutshell, because I've been there, like I totally, I am still there. Like I can't even say I've been there. I'm still there. Like I get it. And I think it can be debilitating. I think it can be crippling, just worrying that, you know, you're not doing enough or am I doing too much? Am I being too much? Am I not being enough? If I, am I good enough? Am I not good enough? You know, the questions, the spirals, the you know, the feeling of the unknown. But I think what's important is understanding and giving yourself grace that ever clearly, hopefully by all of those responses, you guys can get an understanding that you're not alone. You're not alone in how you feel. You're not alone in your fears of the future, your fears of if you're in the right spot, doing the right thing, your fears of relationships, your fears of you know, being alone, all of those things that you guys are overthinking, it's so normal and it's so natural just as humans to 
have those feelings. And I think it's just important to remember that you are exactly where you need to be in this moment in time. You are exactly where you are supposed to be. Everything that happens happens for a reason and is leading you to the next phase chapter of your life. And I think that we really need to remind ourselves of that and that we are capable of you know, living in this unsettledness and this uncertainty, but trusting that we're going to figure it out trusting that it's all going to come together and it's hard it's hard to just trust because like trusting what who are we trusting you know but I think trusting the process trusting that you know in life there's going to be times where we don't have it all figured out and in life there's going to be times where we feel like we should but we we don't and we feel behind there is a giant bird staring at me (laughs) right through the window I'm trying to have an inspirational talk here okay you want to join the TED talk? Um, no, but I think that it's important to remember that everything happens for a reason. It's important to remember that you're not alone in how you feel. You're not alone in feeling unsettled or that you're overthinking about your future. Your future is going to play out the way it's supposed to. Everything is going to play out, whether that is career stress, whether that is, you know, housing stress, whether that's rent stress, whether that is children stress, whatever it is, it's all going to play out. And there's very little that we can do to control the big things, right? So I think it's important to focus on the things that you can control. That's what's helped me a lot is focusing on the things that I can control because there's so much that is out of my control. But what are the things that I can control? I can control how I feel. I can control the day-to-day things that I do with my life. I can control the direction that I want to go in my life. If I want to drop everything and change the direction of my life, I can do that. I'm in the driver's seat of my life. I can figure out where I want to go. Those are the things that you need to remind yourself when you go through these phases of just feeling a little bit helpless is that we have a lot more control than we give ourselves credit for. I know there's a lot of factors that can kind of, you know, infiltrate that, but I think it's important to remind ourselves that we are in control of a lot of things, but we can't control everything. So it's important to control and focus on the stuff that you can control. And the bigger things like the future, that's such like a broad, so many of you said that it's such a broad, vague statement. I'm just, I'm scared. I overthink about the future. Okay. What is it about the future? Is it something that we can control or is it something that we can't? And if it's not, then okay, are we just going to sit here and spiral with it? Or are we going to take a deep breath and be like, you know what? I can't control everything. I can't control everything, but I'm going to focus on the things that I can and I'm going to trust that everything else is going to work itself out the way it's supposed to. So that I just feel is really, really important to remind yourself. And again, just giving yourself grace. You're going to be okay. I promise you're going to be okay. It's all going to work out, all of it. And with that being said, you guys, that is all for me today. That is the confessions of an overthinker from one to one. I love you. And I hope this episode was helpful in some way or another, made you feel a little bit less alone about what's going on. And again, that is all for me today. And I will be back next week with a brand new episode for you guys. Make sure you go ahead and hit the subscribe button. That way you never miss it. We post every Thursday on YouTube and on the podcast. And again, you're not going to want to miss it. So hit that subscribe button. I'll see you next week. Bye guys.